This is Under the Hood, a Toyota Policy Drivers podcast where we take a look under the hood of the policies and politics that drive our nation and the auto industry. I'm your host, Donna Rudy, coming to you from Washington, D.C. Today on the show, I'm talking with Stephen Saccone, Group Vice President of Government Affairs. In this episode, we're going under the hood on President Biden's first 100 days in office and what's next for the nation. Stephen, thanks for taking the time to talk about the new administration. Before we discuss about how things are going, can you share a perspective on the transition from President Trump to President Biden? Hi, Donna, and thanks for inviting me to join you today. I always enjoy sharing my perspective with our Toyota policy drivers. Uh, So the transition from Trump to Biden, in a word, it's like whiplash. Uh, The difference between these two presidents couldn't be more dramatic. In terms of experience, President Trump has never served in public office, but he had a long history in business. President Biden has more government experience than any president in history, but virtually none in the private sector. Trump was unpredictable and seemed to thrive on chaos, while Biden has been surprisingly disciplined and, it seems to me, deliberately boring. And when it comes to public policy, they differ on nearly every issue, from tax policy to immigration, from climate change to social issues. The only issue I can think of where they are aligned is in seeing China as a threat, but even there, Trump took a go-it-alone approach, while Biden has looked to rally our allies to confront China. On January 6th, the U.S. Capitol was stormed by a mob while Congress was in joint session to count electoral votes. Two weeks later, Joe Biden was inaugurated as the 46th president of the United States. Did the attack on the Capitol change the dynamic in Washington? Like most Americans, I was horrified by the attack. Even now, I get a little choked up talking about it. I had hoped that in the aftermath, our country could come together and a spirit of bipartisanship might emerge. Sadly, that hasn't been the case. But I do give President Biden high marks for helping to lower the temperature of our political discourse. Do you think that there will be some bipartisanship on the issues ahead? The real game changer wasn't the attack on the Capitol. It was the day before. On January 5th, when the Democrats won both Senate runoff elections in Georgia, which gave them control of the White House, the Senate, and the House of Representatives. By controlling all three levers of power, Biden can do a lot without any Republican votes. We saw that in March with the passage of the $1.9 trillion COVID stimulus package, which Democrats called the American Rescue Plan. It didn't get any Republican votes in the House or Senate. Going forward, I think the Democrats will have to choose between doing smaller, bipartisan deals or bigger deals with just Democratic votes. And I think they will decide bigger is better. President Biden has proposed two infrastructure packages, the so-called American Jobs Plan and American Families Plan, which are a combined $4 trillion in spending. There's a lot of talk about a bipartisan agreement on an infrastructure plan. Do you see that happening? I think it's in the interest of Republicans and Democrats to at least talk about a bipartisan agreement, but I'll be very surprised if it happens. I don't think Republicans will agree to anything close to $4 trillion, especially with the proposed tax increases. And I don't think Biden or the Democrats in Congress, especially the progressive wing, have any interest in agreeing to a scaled-down package to get a bipartisan agreement. 
So I think the talk now is more theater than real, as both parties want to say that they tried and tried, but the other side was inflexible. So does that mean that we will likely see passage of a $4 trillion infrastructure package with just Democratic votes, like when the American Rescue Plan was passed? You know, I don't think that the experience of the COVID stimulus package will be repeated this time. First, there were no tax increases in the $1.9 trillion package. We basically just put the cost on the country's credit card. This time, the plan is to pay for most of it with tax increases, and that's a much tougher vote. Second, I think it'll depend on where we are in COVID and the economy. If COVID comes under control and the economy is bouncing back, the idea of spending an additional $4 trillion on top of the money spent this year and last may not be so popular. But that said, I have little doubt that the Democrats will pass an infrastructure package this year, probably north of a trillion dollars. I just don't know how far north. If a trillion dollar or more package is passed, what will that mean in terms of tax increases? If a big infrastructure bill is passed, taxes will go up. That's a certainty. They won't be able to just layer on more debt. How much taxes go up and which taxes go up will be a function of congressional negotiations, whether they be bipartisan or solely within the Democratic caucus. Biden has proposed increase the corporate tax from 21% to 28%, and he wants to essentially double the capital gains tax on the wealthiest Americans. The popularity of an infrastructure plan may well turn on whether Americans see these as taxes on a wealthy few or taxes on them. We spend a lot of time talking about Joe Biden, but what about the Republicans? The Democratic majorities in both the House and Senate are razor thin, and the midterm elections aren't so far away. What do you see happening? Historically, the incumbent president's party loses seats in the House midterm elections nine out of 10 times, and in the Senate, three out of four times. The Republicans are counting on that pattern holding in 2022. When they feel confident that they'll retake the House and optimistic that they'll retake the Senate. I won't predict the outcome, but I'll give you two things to watch. First, will the Republicans get their act together and put up a united front? That's no sure thing. President Trump remains hugely popular with Republican voters, and he clearly intends to play kingmaker in determining which candidates will win in the Republican primaries. But some of those candidates may not be as strong in the general election. The other thing to watch is how we are doing on COVID and the economy. If life has largely returned to normal and the economy is going strong, the Democrats can make a strong case that they deserve credit and should remain in control. Now let's close with a series of rapid-fire questions. Ready? Fire away. During the Trump era, I know that the first thing you did every morning was look at Twitter. Still true? No, and I don't miss it at all. Any new habits now that Joe Biden is president? I keep close tabs on what the UAW says on issues. I've yet to hear Joe Biden say the words, good jobs, without putting the word union in the middle. Does the national debt matter anymore? Yes. But that doesn't mean we won't be adding to it. Would you say that so far President Biden has been a moderate or a progressive in terms of his policies? Neither. I'd say he's a centrist. What I mean is that he's in the center of the Democratic Party between the moderate and progressive wings. And he'll do his best to stay there so he can keep the support of both wings, given the narrow majorities that Democrats have in Congress. Let's hit some issues. Chances of immigration reform? Mm, Outside shot, 
combined better border security with a deal on so-called dreamers, unauthorized immigrants who came to the U.S. as minors. And I think there is a bipartisan deal to be had. Chances of a bipartisan deal on China? Decent. The one thing Republicans and Democrats agree on is that China is a threat. How about the chances of a federal voting rights bill? Close to zero. That issue will play out in the states. It will remain intensely partisan, and it won't go away for a long time. Last question. During the COVID era, have you developed any new habits that you think will continue even if the virus fades? (laughs) Yes. I'm going to continue to avoid shaking hands. It's less about COVID and more that I've enjoyed not getting a cold in the last year or so. Well, Stephen, thanks for sharing your open and honest take on the new administration and what we can expect on the road ahead. That's all for now, policy drivers. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Toyota Policy to get caught up on the latest news on the Hill and to keep the conversation going. See you on our next episode of Under the Hood, a Toyota Policy Drivers podcast.